the Chris Grace Show. I'm your host, Chris Grace. Now, I don't know that this podcast is always going to be about people making cool career transitions. We had that last week with Matt Donnelly, who was an improviser, and now he's a touring magician. But we have that again this week with the amazing Amber Petty. She's been a friend of mine for a long time now. We did the show Fifty Shades the Musical back in the day, back in off-Broadway and touring the United States. And she's a hilarious comedian. She's an amazing singer. Uh, but during the past couple of years, she's transitioned into being a really amazing uh, coach for people that want to be writers. She teaches a class online. And I mentioned this in the interview, but Amber is one of those people that, you know, you see courses online and they always say, these are the, the jobs that the people that people have gotten from this workshop or, uh, you know, you take this acting class and this person was a co-star on NCIS Topeka or whatever. But I get the marketing emails from Amber's writing class and the, the steady flow of people that get paid jobs writing online content and other places um, is pretty undeniable and, and just a testament to how effective and um, informative Amber's class is. We talk a little bit about this interview about setting up a business, you know, what it's like to be a business owner when it's not something that you're necessarily familiar with. Uh, and also just the sort of mental flip you have to do that I'm, I'm still getting used to as a, as a person that has to market himself, right? That mental flip you have to make to where you are okay sending out those emails, putting your name out there, sort of getting your message out there to try to bring people to the thing that you have created that you think would help them if you can successfully share it to them. And I think that's a really um, a big challenge for me. And I know for a lot of people, so I think that's really relevant from this interview. Anyway, just a great conversation. Uh, as usual, I'll be talking afterwards. You can send me an email at podcast at chrisgrace.com. Um, but in the meantime, please enjoy my conversation with Amber Penny. Amber Petty, welcome to the Chris Grace Show. Hey, thank you, Chris. Thank um, you so much. What is the official name of your business? The official name of my business is just Amber Petty, my own name. Or uh, Amber Petty LLC, there technically. You. Okay, yeah. and you, I mean, I, I have all of the dumbest questions about making a business, but you actually had to make an LLC. I did, yeah. Um, I was a freelance writer for a lot longer than that. So that started in like 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, but and I never had an LLC for that. It didn't really matter and I wouldn't suggest it, quite frankly. But then, uh, yeah, I actually did because I needed to get a separate business account, which you can do without an LLC, but it's... Then a little hard. It was just getting into the point where like, okay, things might get more complicated if you don't actually make some kind of entity. Did you feel prepared to start a business? Did you did you know all these things or were you sort of like, let me start and I'll learn as I go? More learn as I go. I mean, I started, like I first got the idea to have a business at all when I worked as a copywriter for this diet company, basically. And then to be frank, it was like, oh, these guys are running a business. Well, then, 
in that case. These yokels. So, and that's where I learned more about like marketing and webinars and lead magnets. So I knew some stuff about that through that job. And so then I did try a business like doing voice lessons and stuff, which totally failed because mm. I was not prepared for just how much work you have to do and promotion. And I didn't like the idea as much as I thought I was going to. Mm. So all that. So then that totally failed. I got other jobs, blah, blah, blah. And then so I set out. Yeah, this was during the lockdown. And I was a copywriter at a makeup company and working from home. And uh, I was like, oh, I might lose my job because, again, they're making very poor choices that might lose me my job, <laughs> which I didn't like. So I was thinking about other stuff. And I was like, oh, you know what? I know so many actors that now don't even have side jobs they can do, mm-hmm. you know, because every obviously all the restaurant jobs and stuff were closed. And I was like, well, I know all these online jobs and writing and stuff that you can do. And I want to share that. So I was like, I'll put together this free workshop and I'll offer coaching at the end just to sell something and just see if anything I have to say is worth money to anyone. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it started, which was like very not. It just was the idea of like, I'm going to sell something. I'll have an email list. I'll do a free workshop to attract people. Mm-hmm. So those were three main ideas. Um I took a course about online courses that then helped me kind of, you know, put things together a little more logically. And then that's how it went. So, like, I kept thinking, like, oh, I'll, like, do all this research and listen to everybody and then definitely just figure out exactly how to do it. Mm -hmm. And then mostly just got overwhelmed and just (laughs) did little pieces of things, but kept going and it worked out just fine. Um. Let's. T- I want to talk first about the failed business. Yeah. Um, which was when you say voice lessons, it was singing voice lessons. Yeah, singing voice lessons. And what did you? Um, how hard was it to get clients for that? It. I mean, thinking back on it now, I'm like, I didn't try that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, and the also the hard part was, I'd started that at that first copywriting job. Then I got laid off, uh, so I had to make money and try to keep my business going right. at the same time, which was hard, but it wasn't easy at all. And I think one of the things that made it harder was a part of me was like, you know, you know, because I'd quit acting and stuff already, you know, so I'm like just kind of piling my failures up, you know, mm-hmm. and part of me is like, I don't need my fucking audience of people that's interested in me. They all hate me or think I suck. Like, I need different people would like me. You can tell that's a great attitude. Right, right. This is like when you go to college and you're like. (laughs) Yeah. I'll get a haircut. I'll be a brand new person. I'm left-handed now. (laughs) (laughs) I go by am. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I just kind of had that attitude about it. And so that also made it hard because, uh-huh. like, <laughs> you have no audience and you're starting from scratch. So all that stuff and combined with you do just have to talk about what you do in a lot of different ways a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And if you feel weird about that at all, it's, like, not going to happen. And, I, you know, just different stages of depression sort of varied through that period as well so mm-hmm. all of that put together was like this is too much to and handle then when you so now your business is um uh helping people find freelance writing jobs yeah uh, and 
was it that that topic was more engaging to you in terms of, I do feel comfortable talking about this in a lot of different ways to different people? Yeah, it was. I did some of those. So people did sign up for the coaching and I found a lot of them were interested in writing. And then I was like, I also kind of at first was like, I don't know if I have that much to say about it, you know, Mm. but through working with people, I was like, oh, I do. I've kind of forgotten, you don't the things I've learned, you don't magically just learn Yeah, uh, if you were just starting out. So yeah, I was like more interested in that. It's more fun to talk about for me. I have experience in that and all that stuff. So yeah, it was being sort of a more general, like help find a side job kind of coach, which is sort of how it started was Mm -hmm. then just less interesting than like, hey, I can just make a class on how to start freelance writing. And that's going to be much more streamlined and specific and interesting to me and easier for me. Mm-hmm. So then I did that. Now I'm starting to do some other things, but it's still all about writing or like growing an audience. Singing lessons. Yep. And finally <laughs> bringing them right back. Well, one thing about the singing lessons, that one thing that's absolutely distinct about the writing business that you run is there's just a stream of successes like nearly seemed like since you started, there was just emails that were just like, so and so got a job. And I think that's distinct from the singing lessons model. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Cause also I was like singing lessons less to like get you on Broadway or get a record deal, but just like, you know, to help you express yourself or like mm-hmm. be calm or whatever, which is a fine idea, but it's just infinitely harder to sell because you're like, targeting non-singers you're like hey come sing and pay for it which i was just like not uh in the place to suffer through that dead zone to to try to get into you're selling the concept of music to people (laughs) i was selling the concept of yeah i was going to you know sound of music-esque homes (laughs) right and saying hey actually um but the the there's so many uh, people have gotten jobs through your workshop. That... I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm a liar, but I'm like, <laughs> that's what this is things about. By really... the way. Oh, that's yes, investigative lies. <laughs> you got the receipts on me. Well, I, I guess, yeah, I, I understand why you say that though, because on the web, there are lots and lots of things that are like, Hey, do this side job. Here's a real, here's 10 easy jobs you can do from home or work remote or whatever. And also in the world of online courses, um, there's a, there, there are a lot of classes that are just sort of funneling you into a series of products that you purchase and don't really have, um, a result. So I could see why yeah. you might feel like you had the tinge of that on the class, except that it's actual where people are getting jobs. <laughs> yeah. And like the, so the first time I did, um, cause yeah, I think even just with the newsletter, cause I send out a newsletter that has free, you know, writing job listings or pitch listings. And I do think some people got those fairly quickly. And then the first, I did a four week version of my class first, kind of like a test class. And uh, in that one, it was only eight people, but every person that actually pitched got a story by the end of the class. Like, I was very surprised. (laughs) So, (laughs) but then it's like, I'm a way better teacher than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) So then, yeah, it makes it way easier to say, like, hey, I'm not even lying. Every single person that pitched 
sold a story. And I'll say, doesn't mean you're going to sell your first story or mm-hmm. that it's going to happen immediately. And but they're not getting rich, rich. No, off they're not. No, of course not. Um, but some people have like one woman works at Paramount Plus as a writer for all their digital stuff now. And she had like no experience in that kind of writing before. And I have a few other people that now write full time and just they started with just my class. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, you've like facilitated people like making career pivots and stuff. That's Yeah, or at least an outlet for some creativity that gets recognition, recognition in the form of money, which yeah. Lord knows we do not get as often as we like with creative fields. Yeah. And like, you know, a byline in a place people can read. And that's uh, that's really meaningful. I mean, it was to me because auditioning and improv, <laughs> which uh-huh. I did before, you know, well, improv you make a lot of money. Oh, well, you make so much money. I was like <laughs> so tired of making that much yeah, money. That's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you wanted like to feel a like jerk. You <laughs> I need to be a real person again. Uh, but you know, it's like ephemeral. You feel like you're doing and auditions, especially. It's like you mm-hmm. do a ton of work and you can't show anything for it a lot of the time. And just even writing something, and if it's at a dead end publication, like I always talk about, I wrote for Snooky's blog when I started. <laughs> like even that, it's still it's like you know what, my name's on it. I can show yeah. that I did it, and they did pay me for my time. Right, right, right. Um, did you have a challenge taking on a new venture? You've already done the singing lesson business. You've decided to move on from that. Now you're going to start, even however modest, you're going to start with the writing business. Um, and are you bringing in the like legacy of, okay, I'm not going to do improv anymore. I'm not going to do acting anymore. Did any of this like sort of um, history like weigh on you as you moved on to each thing? Yeah, absolutely. Because especially like when you're starting a business and stuff. So the it did weigh on me a little bit with the singing lessons business, but mo- way more acting was mm-hmm. way more on my mind because there's so much stuff about like follow your dream and take a risk and make that leap and do that. And I'm like, I've made the fucking leap and I worked very hard at it. You and jumped and the net. Yeah. We had a appear. fucking Wiley e. Coyote situation. <laughs> I realized <laughs> I looked down and that was the end of it. So, um, so, you know, it was like, Jesus, <laughs> am I just going to go through all that again? Mm-hmm. And it helped a little bit that I wasn't like pinning my whole life on this. You know, I was like, I hope this works out. I really want it to. Yeah. But like with acting, it was like my whole life was that, you know, it was like all my dreams as a child and everything I worked for and all of it. It was like I had no, almost no identity outside of being an actor, being a performer like that. I almost wonder if, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I don't know that you would have said, like, my dream is to run a uh, online workshop for people to find freelance writing work. But no. I but I almost wonder if it allowed you to make better business decisions around it. It did. It really, <laughs> well, even just starting with writing, because I started while I was still acting. So you had more of a, like, well, I didn't work my whole life for this, so I'll just send it in. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't, you know? Right. It's And the same with a business is like, 
the good part is like you have failed and know that life continues and you can try new things. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the good part of it. But and I think that is what made it possible for me to keep going, because if that didn't work out, I would have just done copywriting or tried Mm -hmm. something else. I mean, when you're in your career as just as just the writing part, not the business part. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like you're you were more detached to your writing submissions than to your auditions as an actor. Yes, absolutely. Then it allows you to like churn through them. Yeah. In a way that doesn't uh, involve your emotions as much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that like is necessary. I and, mean, and you also may be getting better at it while you do that. Yeah, because instead of thinking like or overdoing an audition a hundred thousand times on a self tape, where mm-hmm. then the next time somebody says to do a self tape, I'm like, oh my god, kill me! It's going to be this whole thing. You don't want to do it. It makes you want to not go out and try or all that stuff. Whereas when you just give it a try, and even if it doesn't go anywhere. If the whole process was a little easier on you, you're more likely to repeat it. Mm -hmm. And it's with so many things. It's like if you just keep trying at it, it doesn't mean you're going to get the exact thing you want necessarily, but you're going to get somewhere close to it or you're going to get a different thing. Because, yeah, I never would have said like my dream is to own a business doing writing classes. But then shockingly, it's like quite great (laughs) it's really cool and kind of allows me to do a lot of the things I liked about acting and I'm good at things I didn't think I was good at you know I mean eventually you can just have like a production company and just you know produce your own plays and just be the lead exactly (laughs) Exactly. I'll just own a small theater somewhere and do my fair lady when I'm 60 you know really appropriate stuff uh, but you're gonna be the uh the Her- Henry's like I'll be both parts actually I'll be Henry be and Henry's like br- the the, the his the, friend yeah, yeah the friend shoot, that like I can't remember his name um so what do people come to your class what do you think their expectation is when they sign up for your class um is it to hey I want to just find a way to like make a couple of extra dollars on the side as a writer it's a little bit of that. There's kind of a mix of that, a mix of like, I've always wanted to be a writer. I didn't know kind of freelancing was a possibility at all. There's sometimes people who are just like, I haven't written anything in years, but I've always wanted to. So now I want to try. Uh, And then sometimes people similar-ish to me who come from other kind of artistic or other writing backgrounds Mm. that want to try this specific type of writing. So... So, yeah, it's kind of a mix. I think now it's more people who are like, yeah, everybody wants to make some money, of course, but less like I have to make money now and make this my job now. Mm -hmm. And more people who are like, I've kept saying I want to write this year or that I want to be a writer Mm -hmm. and now I have to actually try. And sometimes I get copywriters who are like, I want to write something fun (laughs) (laughs) under my own name. Right. Um, Do you... So right now, how many product products do you have? Um, I have a few. I'm doing a new class that's the Half-Ass Perfectionist Writing Spree that's just focused on uh, different things to think about to be less perfectionistic and also purposely working in a half-assed way mm-hmm. so that you write more. 
Uh, so I have that. I have a newsletter workshop that might turn into a class. So like starting your own newsletter. Oh. Uh, and growing your own newsletter. Let me take this class. Um, and then uh, the freelance writing class. I think that's sometimes I have little, I have like little free workshops that kind of complement all of those. Mm-hmm. But those are the, what's that? Singing. Singing. Yeah. How to sing to write. And that's uh, actually just me singing. I just <laughs> demonstrate it. <laughs> and it's only Lisa Loeb songs. <laughs> all Lisa. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really, most of the time people leave, but sometimes people, <laughs> sometimes people leave physically, the but they, yeah, they left technically their camera on. So. Your structure typically is there are some online courses and there's a Slack as well. Mm-hmm. But but there's also a, is it a weekly uh, office hours type thing? Yeah. So I'll have a, so it's for most of the stuff you get videos so you can watch the videos and learn the stuff and then come live either once or twice a week, kind of depending on the class to talk through things and ask other questions. And then, yeah, Slack where you can share your work and uh, ask other questions. And then I also do give feedback on everything everybody turns in, which is that's quite amazing. unique. I have to brag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, that seems very time consuming. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know, I do video feedback. So I send a loom, little, called Loom, video where mm-hmm. I talk through it and that just makes it, I don't know, makes it easier. Because, yeah, if I were, like, going through with, like, a red pen kind of line editing, that would be incredibly not enjoyable to me. So, Uh, I almost wonder if then there's also a, like, higher-end product that's, you know, really higher amber for specific feedback that's, like, at some higher tier hourly rate or something. Oh, maybe. You know, uh, I will take a commission on that idea yes. if it's uh, implemented. <laughs> you have to now. It's yeah. on the air. You, you yeah. own that? And I think that's You have to cute. save your cop. <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh, so I have so many questions about, the, about having a business. Yeah. Um, because... I wonder sometimes, so for example, like I'm starting a community for the podcast. Yes. And uh, which everyone should join. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I almost wonder sometimes, do you feel a, like I think, okay, it's like in this day and age, you kind of need community around products. It seems Mm -hmm. like something people want, Um, but it also seems like it implies a responsibility to that community. I mean, you're sort of like the leader of this community. Um, and do you, how do you feel about that? So when I'm, if I'm doing it for a class, so in a class is where it's mo- the most hands-on stuff where there's mm. like the Slack group and all the stuff. That I feel fine about because it's like, it has sort of parameters and boundaries built into it. Mm. And, uh, and those people have certainly opted in and then it's also not all the time because i've thought about yeah having like some kind of membership that's more year-round or whatever and that just that does then feel like okay i'm sort of constantly in charge of this group of strangers which you're saying right now you have sort of start and end points for start and end points and then the other things are just my email list where i will like ask questions and things like that but that's also that's just simpler you know you're sending emails regularly. You might hear from people 
but again there's a real parameter around mm-hmm. that semi <laughs> like loosest version of the word community mm-hmm. and so that uh, yeah so when it comes to classes i like it because it feels like everyone has agreed i'm in charge for this amount of time and i'm in charge only in that i'm this is why you might want to listen to my advice and i'm just in charge of the order things go mm-hmm. and that then makes it easier for me so um, you don't feel people trying to like sort of make you into the guru i mean sometimes a little bit some people have said that occasionally or the guru about something and i always want to be like please don't say that. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> or can you be clear that i have not called myself that <laughs> but so there are people that become it feels more like people that are just like really big fans not mm-hmm. crazy fans but just like really big fans as opposed to the people that then start to like, oh, I'll do everything you say, you know? Mm-hmm. They start dressing like you. <laughs> yeah. And I think part of that is like, and I don't know. I mean, who knows? Ask me again if I have a million followers or something. Right. But some of it is just how you act. I don't act like everything I say is golden. I don't act like... yeah. Every you have to listen to every word I say, and I'm very clear about that. You know, I fuck shit up all the time too, and I feel insecure and all that shit. So, I don't know. So far, it seemed to then people will really like me in classes and mm-hmm. like the classes, but not. I don't know. There's just no. Re- I just can't fathom why someone would treat me. <laughs> Cut like to a that. year from now, you literally have them like. You're on their shoulders being yeah. carted around town like C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, actually, one thing I love about um, – because I've seen some of the course materials and I remember thinking um, that you're entering a field that can be very um, kind of woo-woo. Yeah. Because it's mm-hmm. people are very vulnerable. It's about the arts. And I've taken classes – you know, I've taken classes on – Act, having an acting career and uh, writing for stand-up and stuff. Um, and some of these classes are great. One thing that I've, is almost universal about classes where the teachers are in California is that they have some element of them that's like, you know, all right, let's all, I'm going to light a candle. We're all going to look into mm-hmm. the flame and think about our intention for today. And one thing I loved about the course materials you had are – like, I don't feel like you lost your personality going into them because I think that you do have a positivity to them. But some of the videos are also like, and I don't know if you want to send in this fucking thing or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I often think like my, my cliche image of like the demographic that would take these sort of art, uh, you know, not arts and crafts, but like a craft related yeah, workshop. Yeah, that where they would it's be writing like, and literature. Yeah, and, yeah, that they might be like, "Whoa, she's like cur- cursing on the." Uh- <laughs> yeah, well, and that's part of why I like do free workshops, and I, and I send a newsletter and stuff. So it is like, here's what it is. You'll either be immediately annoyed and repelled and excellent, yeah. or you'll go, "Oh shit, that's that's not how I'm used to hearing about this. I yeah. enjoy it." So I have found that too. It is. It's so funny. It's just, it's it's so stupid of like, be yourself. That's horrible advice. But it is like the more you just actually let your personality show, it just helps 
everything because that idea of being like professional or correct or academic is of interest to no one. And Mm -hmm. it's so much, it is so much better to just occasionally have people write you that you swear too much, which I have had (laughs) even for a person who signed up for the half-assed writing challenge. I was like, it was called the half-assed. The word ass was in the thing you signed up for. Um, They were like, my children are in the room while I try to write. (laughs) I do say that. I say if your kids are in the room, then they'll get a great intro to swearing. So you're welcome. Um, well, so but yeah, anyway, wa- if they've watched your free workshop, then they should have a sense of your tone. Yeah. So they get a lot of chances to see a sense of my tone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty rare that anybody is just like, do do do. Let me look up the random words, Amber mm-hmm. and freelance writing <laughs> right. class. Oh, bought it. You know, so that helps to make sure that the people are not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Appalled. <laughs> Um, how did you get over any self-consciousness about emailing people in a marketing Mm -hmm. way? Because that's a challenge that I have with stand-up shows or anything. And these are projects that I'm proud. Like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm foisting something on them that isn't good. Yeah. But I do feel like, all right, I'm going to send this email pitching this stand-up show. I hope no one gets mad at me (laughs) for emailing them. It is. Well, at first it was really hard. And then especially like if you charge any money for anything you do, Mm -hmm. um, it's then gets harder again because it's just triggers like little hidden insecurities. Uh You didn't know were there, which is right. Because now you're putting a uh, number on the value you're providing to them. Yeah. And that's like it is going to bring up weirdness (laughs) in your brain. Yeah. Um, So part of it was. So part of it was just because I had some experience with email marketing from some of those other mm-hmm. copywriting things I've done. I knew the results of it. And the results are, of it are if you email people or get people on an email list and email them, you sell so much more every single time mm-hmm. you email. And so when I'm selling something, you know, and even I'll still feel bad sometimes or think about it, go, oh, I just emailed them. I don't know if I should do it again. And that just happened like a month ago. And so I emailed. I think I got one email back from somebody who's like, this is too many emails. So I unsubscribed them. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, so I could feel bad. And like 10 people left the email list. But I also made $1,000 over a 15-minute email. So what feels worse? (laughs) Oh, I actually care about the money more. So... It's not like making it all about money, but it's sometimes it's more of thinking instead of I'm bothering everybody and I'm having to convince them to see what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It's like I am just sharing with the people who are interested more information about something they'll enjoy. Mm -hmm. And when you can kind of think of it that way, it helps because the other people can leave the email list and that's fine. And the other people are, you know people who would love to see your show or would be interested and they literally didn't see it or they didn't know or they didn't know something about it and now they then get to see your show and enjoy it or they get to take the class and maybe get that byline they wanted you know Mm -hmm. it's we've known so many annoying people i know that's the problem i mean that's yeah so first of all there's this arms race with how many emails you get in your inbox yeah that it does make sense 
that you might send me an email and it just gets and then another 15 emails come after that from other people yeah so i might need you to send it again or i might just be like oh yeah i'm interested that uh yeah let me try to remember that and then you you forget about it and then you see the next one that happens all the time yeah you know because like that happens constantly and there's all sorts of little stats of like oh somebody needs to see something seven times before they remember it and and i don't know what the accurate numbers are but even when I worked at, like, when I worked at the makeup company, and there would be things where there were so many emails, so many social media posts, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. And then a month later, there'd always be somebody like, you did that? I had no idea. Like, <laughs> right. How could you not know? I but know. It's like, like, you feel like you're you're being so uh, overbearing about telling somebody about something. And they're like, oh, like, even on your social media, like, even your personal social media, sometimes you feel like man, I've been talking about going to Texas for this comedy festival over and over. And then I get home and somebody will be like, oh, were you in Texas? I'm like, yeah, dang it. (laughs) Um, So that's part of it is just the reality is if you want people to notice it, you've got you just have it's mm -hmm. just what it is. You know, it's like you have to talk about it. I think it helps to try to just find different ways to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's something in in some other like product and course marketing that doesn't happen as much in like entertainment marketing is just like tell us different things about it because i see a lot of people are just like here's my show come to the show the show is now and here is the show where you could say like what's a highlight of one of the performers or what's a joke that you told last time or just different ways to come at the call to action of a sale Mm -hmm. it helps you feel not bored by it and then it also gives the reader the person on social media you know they get something interesting for it whether or not they can even go to that show but it is going to potentially at least clock their interest Mm -hmm. as opposed to just the you know here it is yeah What, what do you consider a good open rate for one of your emails do you track that kind of stuff yeah so yeah, mine are around 50% usually, wow, which is good. No, amazing. it's very good. Yeah. Um, I was going to say like five is good. Usually, like around 25 for most most of the time is good. You'll see a lot of times with people with newsletters and stuff that the um, open rates are higher sometimes because you just have more people that you personally mm-hmm. know at first. So I have like 7,400 people on my email list right now, which is Delightful for me, perfectly happy with that. Yeah. But it's not like gigantic. No, you know, no, no, if that's... it's like gigantic, then those, you know, if it was a hundred thousand, it'd be very unlikely I'd have around fifty percent. Right. But if you send an email and you're getting thirty three uh three thousand something people opening an email, that's a really good um yeah. that's a lot of people. I mean, my Substack has I think eighty subscribers. Ooh. And uh I think about I think about 40 will open it. But also, yeah. I send my Substack out once every 11 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very tight 11-week schedule. Yeah. Well, actually, I never... It's funny to me, things like podcasts and newsletters, anything that I'm subscribed to, I kind of never got why it has to be on such a consistent schedule. Because if I'm subscribed to this podcast, it'll just show up whenever a new episode is out. But it's so important to have the consistency of 
I guess hitting the impression. Well, it's just so that people remember you. So like for those podcasts that you like and listen to already, mm-hmm. yeah, it wouldn't matter how consistent they were because yeah. you're already aware of it. You already want to listen. It pops up. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, for the podcast, you're like, oh, oh, my friend was on it. I'll listen to it. And then you didn't listen to it. And then they didn't have another podcast for six months. <laughs> right. You'd be like, the hell is this? And what? Right. And so and with e- newsletters, I think it's even more so because sure, you're emailed it, but we're emailed a million things. Yeah. So it's 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 not that you have to be you don't have to go crazy, you know, and devote your whole life to consistency. But just it's Good, basically that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like you're just reminding people you exist. Yeah. That's kind of I exist and here's something interesting for you. One thing I did hear uh, that I think is a tangible thing for having a um, consistent podcast publication schedule is I believe Apple Podcasts now, uh, it's more likely your podcast is surfaced at a certain level in the searches if you have two episodes within... 14 days or something like that oh, if okay. you don't publish f- frequently enough you you're just you get lower in search results oh i see because yeah. they want to promote shows that are active basically. yeah um you know it, you mentioned that we know a lot of annoying people which is true yeah uh and i think that a challenge i think we both face is like it's almost like is there like an introvert's way to creating it like self-promotion <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Because we know a lot of people that don't balk at sending a bunch of emails and all that. Yeah, exactly. And like that's what I—that's why I meant by we know a lot of annoying people. Like if you're an actor, you know them too. You know anybody? Those people who are just have no problem telling everybody their business. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've never been that way naturally. So one thing for me is part of it is it's like detaching it from myself. Because with an actor, I mean, it's harder because it's you, it, it, you are selling yourself mm-hmm. how you look, how you sound, the choice, all of all of that is together, and it's very hard to detach that from taking it personally. You know, I mean, whatever you you know that every rejection isn't personal to you, but again, you are the product, mm-hmm. and that's that's harder. So going up to somebody and just saying, "Hey." Uh, here's why I'd be great for this part where I have no idea what you have in mind or who anybody else is and right. how you're doing it. But anyway, uh, I'll just assume I'm I'm the best choice. <laughs> like, that's not helpful to me because I'll logically go, well, I have no fucking idea who's the best choice. I would just like to audition, please. And that's not a very confident uh, way to approach things. Mm-hmm. So when you have a pro, so even with my courses, even though I'm teaching them, it's still, it's not just me. I can tell you why the course is helpful. Mm-hmm. I can also focus like on the results of the people, which also makes it easier because it's, I'm never saying I am so great. Mm-hmm. Give me money, please. I'm just saying, hey, I'm not even saying, hey, it looks like I'm good at teaching. I don't need to say that. I just say, here are the things you learn and here's what people have done. Here are some stories of examples here are ways yeah sometimes here are times where i went through something similar and what happened when i do the things i'm asking you to do in this class and that's just easier uh because i'm yeah i'm not just advertising myself 
I am advertising like possibility to the people that might buy it. I wonder if you're less likely to be treated as a guru also because you're not the one gatekeeping any of the opportunities. Yeah, I'm not in charge of anything fancy. Yeah, I'm not. I don't work for the New York Times. Yeah, I'm not going to hire them. I'm not going to publish them. I put them on a house team. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and that that, exactly. I think that makes a huge difference because they have no reason to suck up to me. Yeah. You know, for what? (laughs) Like, yeah, and I guess do you, you do get you, a prime spot in my next class. Like you get a PDF certificate at the end. Uh, do you <laughs> feel similarly too that if somebody, for whatever reason, doesn't commit to the class or they drop off or I don't know, sort of what um, attrition rate you have, in a way, it also is. It's all for their own good or bad. Like it's it's like I'm taking right now this uh, coding course. Mm-hmm. And the uh, they have these like online assessments that you do and they're quite difficult. And recently a topic came up that, hey, what if people use chat GPT to help them uh, pass these assessments? Mm-hmm. And the founder of the school was just like, I don't care. I'm not giving anyone a job. You're paying for this class to learn the skills for yourself. If you cheat at the tests, you are just impeding your own learning. Yeah. You haven't done anything, so yeah. I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah. Um, and do you feel that similarly, like, you're not, do you feel like you don't have to be connected to their, whether, how it's being received by the people? Well, it's like, I try to, I don't always, sometimes I do feel like, oh, I, I'm here to like, fix everybody's problem. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, that's not possible. That's not even what they want. Right. <laughs> so, cool out there. Um, but, but yeah, it's like, I can only, I can be very clear about what I offer and how to get help and all that. And outside of that, there's always, yeah, always people that don't do anything. And some of those people like, some of them are Chris Grace. (laughs) I did one assignment. Uh, But some of those people do, uh, like just do it on their own and just didn't ask for help. Some people don't do it at all. Some people I think do it and go, oh, I don't like doing this. Uh, in a variety. And yeah, some people ask for refunds. I've been lucky that nobody's been like, this class is a piece of shit. Give me a refund. It's just like, oh no, something happened. Or like, I suddenly had a bill. Can I get a refund? Right. Um, so they just say, I don't want to pay for this. Can I get a refund? Yeah. I'm, t- I hate paying money for things. Uh, well, actually your courses are, um, they have access to them though, right? Yeah. You have access. If you get a refund, then you don't right. get that but access. But if you but- are, if you don't ask for the refund and you, sort of you go a couple weeks and then you fall behind or whatever you can yeah. actually like still work through all the material mm-hmm. and you can place. email me for feedback too even if it's later you Wait, just so don't get all the live gotcha. there's like live calls and then the live there is some live stuff so mm-hmm. that you know you don't you don't participate in but yeah you could take it and and get and even when you take it then if a new expert comes in cuz experts come in every time then you get an invite to that new expert interview, gotcha. even if it's like a year later. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to venture a guess that this like exceeded your expectations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> um, and do you think about growing it all? Do you think about other products or other things, you know? Yeah, I mean... So, like, part of it is 
yeah, the like newsletter course will be some kind of like larger newsletter course eventually. Um, outside of just growing what I have, I'm not exactly sure what it would be. I don't have any plans on like a book about writing mm-hmm. at the moment or something like that. I don't, I don't exactly, yeah, I don't exactly know, but I am always trying to grow at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, with just different offers that also then reflect like ideally I just want writers to be able to like have an audience because that is the greatest writing freedom or anything freedom mm-hmm. uh, because then you have people you're directly talking to that respond to you all the time and that's what most of us are looking for. Right. Um. So I definitely want to be offering more stuff about that in the future, but I don't have any like grand perfect plans because those don't happen at all. (laughs) So (laughs) like I'll just keep going. Yeah, I want to, you know, try to be on more podcasts and such and get the word out about my things and everything. But yeah, I'm not like I'll be the next Elizabeth Gilbert or whatever. Like I who fucking knows what will happen. But Mm -hmm. hopefully the business will still be going and making more money and uh, I'll enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if one constraint that you will maybe need to consider is the individual feedback for each person as the business grows. Yes. That I will have to reconsider that and where I either um, take it away or I do some of it and then like, specific other coaches or editors or something yeah. do Actually, have some you, of it. Yeah. Have you had um the either relationships relationships with people where you thought, hey, this might this person might be a good like coach for the what you're teaching or I mean, has that come up? I mean, I've thought about it a little bit. I'm definitely not there yet, but I know there's like so many good editors and things that you know, aren't necessarily working at the New York Times, but like mm-hmm. experienced editors who are now doing other things or between staff jobs or doing freelance or whatever, who would be great at that. Um, so I don't think, I think there's lots of wonderful people that could certainly do it. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of me being organized enough and making yeah. sure I was paying them enough and all that stuff. Do you feel... um does the business run in a way where you feel uh, it's like a well-oiled machine at this point? It's like a, I feel like it's like a kind of nice old car of like, sometimes I don't know how it's running so good, but hey, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's doing its job. Yeah. Because it, it's not like everything's a disaster. I don't want to like, I'm a hot mess, everybody. Yeah. No. But, um, but also like, I don't have... I never have too much of a plan. <laughs> like things yeah. are not planned out in advance as far as like a business probably would be or uh, a lot of stuff. But like the things that need to be automated for the most part are, you know, people get their materials easily, pay easily, like all that stuff goes well. I feel like I now have enough people that I'll make a certain amount of money, you know, as long as I don't start sucking or just quit Mm -hmm. doing everything so it doesn't feel as much like oh god but what if the next thing doesn't work Mm -hmm. it just feels a little steadier in that which is a 
wonderful thing. But then... I wonder if that's a more realistic picture of how businesses actually run, though. I bet it is. I mean, I just think that... I think it is. I think everybody's... Everybody's stuff is so different. Mm. And so getting business advice is great because people have done things you haven't done yet and it's so helpful. I just wish a lot of it wasn't as prescriptive as it is because there is not one way to do anything. Mm -hmm. Like the only one thing that kind of everybody says and I've seen to be true is like have an email list. Mm -hmm. But even that some people don't have and do totally fine. But it's... I, I think you're totally right. I think that it's there are few well-oiled machines of business, yeah. even amongst the bigger businesses, you know? Well, the reason I bring it up is because in the stand-up stuff that I'm doing now, I started a brand new separate Gmail account for it. Nice okay. and clean. No, you know, just that thing when you start a new Gmail account, it's like, okay, there's, there's no crap in the Gmail yeah. account right now. <laughs> I'm only using this to communicate with people that want to book me for stand-up. Yeah. And it's it's all it's going well or better than it has before. Mm-hmm. However, there's still times where I look in the Gmail and I think, oh, I'd never respond to that person's email. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, where I feel like it's going better, but I don't feel that image that I feel that a lot of business advice portrays, which is you know, you wake up in the morning, you got your your three big to-dos, you got to check them off. And oh, then, my God. You know? I can't. And I like, God damn it. I wish. I wish I could just get up and do that. And mm-hmm. every fucking day was just planned out and perfect. But that has not worked. Like, case in point, today, I was like, cool. I've got this extra time after my class. And before Chris comes over, I'll get to do this, this, and this. And I was just like, I need to lay down on the couch. And it wasn't just pure laziness. I was like, I'm just tired as shit for some reason. Mm -hmm. This is just not happening right now. And then guess what? I did half of it on my phone, Mm -hmm. on the couch anyway. It was okay. You know, some people are wired for that. And like, I do think as you go along, you figure out the pieces of organization that you need. Like I continue to put a couple more pieces in place. I almost feel like the, the, because first of all, I think the people that are wired like that are sort of extra loud talking about it. Yeah. And then I think it almost because I've definitely fallen into this trap too. Of okay, I'm going to start. Uh, let's see, I'm going to start doing these stand-up shows. You know what? I need to like subscribe to an email service and create a template for me to talk to the people that mm-hmm. I'm gonna, like. I need all these pieces that business people say I need. Yes. And uh, then it's. Then, you know, six months in, you look at the list and you're like, I have seven people on this email list and I I subscribe to this like marketing service. (laughs) You know, I could just be emailing them by hand. Yeah. (laughs) It's like there are, I think with business, with anything, it's like the more you can just go, let's just fucking see and just put something out there Mm -hmm. and kind of build as you go. I think it's just a thousand times better because you can if you try to do everything in advance it just takes so long and it's discouraging and if you're a person at all who tends to think well who's gonna care about this or well no one's gonna want it anyway 
and you get to deal with all that. Yeah. And like when you actually just put it out there, it just helps fight that because you go, who wants it? Literally just this one person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who, how, why should I do it? Well, you know what? Somebody paid me $200. So it's not completely worthless. <laughs> now it's just illegal help. if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that, uh, the other thing I try to remember is no one that pays you the money to take your class then wants to hear you say in the class, well, I'm not sure if this is any good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a real thing. And this sounds silly, too. But like, if you say something, people believe it. And <laughs> right. that sounds silly. But also, like, I feel like coming from comedy and stuff, we, I am a smart ass, too. I'm very skeptical. You just get a lot of people are like, is that really true? Is I feel like you get a lot of that, like, immediately clap back kind of energy mm-hmm. a lot. And so I'd forget that, like, people, one, aren't going to take my class and pay me money just to go, actually, I think this is, you know, mm-hmm. like. I mean, maybe some of this is just the benefit of not dealing with comedians as you market. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, but also that like, yeah, not not everybody is out just with a magnifying glass to find flaws in you. That's yeah. my my I'm doing that all the time. Not everybody else. So. Well, and also, in a way, your class is not necessarily about how brilliant is Amber Petty. But no. When I took this class, did it make did uh, like in conjunction with taking this class did i also submit like six things to jobs was i was i productive you know while i was taking this class yeah because it would be totally worthless for me to make the class to be in any way about how great i am like do i share some stuff from myself yes because sometimes that's helpful of when I wrote for Snooki's blog or how this happened, you know, there are things you might encounter. So I share mm-hmm. or I'll sometimes share my own writing in it. I guess I do that, too. But mostly I use them when I talk about dumb articles <laughs> that I literally a, call dumb. You put something you wrote and you're like, read this. <laughs> <laughs> Class dismissed. But it's like I feel like I had professors and stuff who oh, were yeah. kind of like, better be sitting down while you read this one. You're like, why wouldn't I be sitting down? <laughs> It's not Dead Bone Society. <laughs> um, so, uh, so tell me, what can somebody um, explore with your class? Like, if they hear this podcast, what can they go look at? Or yeah, so the best thing to do probably is you can go to amberpetty.com slash two five zero two fifty. And that will get you a free guide to 250 places that pay for writing. So you can find 250 magazines and newspapers and stuff like that that you could pitch tomorrow if you felt like it. Uh, So you get that guide for free and then you're signed up for my email list, which you get more free writing jobs and information and you'll hear all about my classes. And do you have somewhere in there um, an article that was about uh, was it that you pitched to the New Yorker or? Oh, I do have a, yeah, it's on my medium page where I do talk a little bit about trying to pitch the New York times. I also have another, yeah, I have a different thing about that, but mm-hmm. I don't have that hooked up to an easy, <laughs> an easy <laughs> well, URL. Can maybe search on medium and look for that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, And I, 
like uh yeah i don't know what else to ask you about this (laughs) (laughs) what a perfect way to well it's so the whole thing is so impressive to me uh it's almost like i mean i'm impressed when anyone like like creates a career kind of like from scratch almost um because it wasn't like there was a uh it wasn't like you there was like a guide for how to make this really yeah i mean it was through different things i mean i did take a course called digital course academy that mm-hmm. does guide you through many of the pieces and that of helped marketing. you set up like the um the payment systems and that kind of stuff yeah like the payment systems and like ideas for how to uh you know market your class like Mm -hmm. you know things to do ways to like validate your idea like that was very helpful oh i did want to ask you um one what made you choose loom as your video service because i've seen that around i've seen that used and i'm not quite sure like what does loom provide for you so yeah, Loom is where you can just make little videos, video responses, and you can see, you can have just your face or you can see the screen. And so if I'm giving notes, I can highlight stuff on the screen and you can see what I'm talking and about. And is it like sending like a, almost like a video, like voicemail kind of thing? Kind of, yeah. And then you just send a link to it. Gotcha. And then, so otherwise, if you just do a video, otherwise, I feel like you have to attach it or upload it somewhere. Oh, okay. So there's an, there's other services like that but loom was just the first right i'd so, heard other people use it i'd seen it i have liked it and so this is an alternative to like i shoot a video on my phone and then i gotta put it on youtube and send you the link to youtube or whatever. yeah gotcha. like that's kind of a pain and yeah. loom is just like you click record you record right. it you can edit it a little not like a ton but just trim if like me sometimes you've forgot where the stop button was and it's like a minute of trying to find out how to stop the video um Um, but yeah and then it's a link pops up immediately you can send and what did you end up using for your teaching platform so that i use new zendler which Uh is yeah it just hosts all the videos all the materials for the course yeah i mean and by the way do you like the tools that you have set up i do yeah that was um i got it even cheaper than it is now um, because it's still in beta mode, I think. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I actually like it a lot. It works well. I haven't had problems with it. It's cheaper than some alternatives, but it still has all the things that they have. So I like those. I like Loom. I use ConvertKit for my emails um, to send out, you know, newsletter emails, that kind of stuff. ConvertKit also, is that a sales funnel type? program too you can also i'm not sure i think you can set up products and sales but um you definitely can make pages for email signups so Mm -hmm. if you even wanted somebody just to sign up like oh are you you know if you wanted to segment your list and say oh are you a comedian or a just an audience member you Mm -hmm. could set up a sign up for just audience members and they'll be tagged in there or one just for comedians where they could be tagged for if you just want to send out things to like, hey, can anybody do a last minute replacement for this show? And you could just send it to them. Uh, you had mentioned at one point, hey, what if I wanted to teach a class? Yep. And I almost think it might be an interesting follow-up podcast to walk through. Because one, I was kind of like, I'm not sure what I would teach. But I do think given my like credits or whatever, that I could like, yeah. I could conceivably sell a Here's a, some tips on on-camera acting or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that might be interesting because I'd love to hear your thoughts about like how you should structure something like that. I know one point of resistance for me is is I'm not sure if I can get on office hours every week and like <laughs> well and know. that's like just depend like you can yeah, do that I know some different people ways cre- yeah some people create completely completely hey, self-study courses right, right, right. or you could do like voxer hours where it's like they just do it's like a walkie-talkie kind of app oh. where people can just you say okay this day i'll be answering questions or these hours uh-huh. and then they just send you a note and you respond just within whatever period of time. Oh, and it's just like a, an audio response? Just audio. Oh. Yeah. Um, do you, has this changed your um, re- the way you regard online courses? Like if you have a course you're interested in and you go look at their the way they offer the how it's structured? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the structure of them is usually good. Sometimes, I mean, it's, it's always helpful because I still, you know, my classes are not cheap classes for writing classes and I struggle with feeling bad about it sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm like, I also want a business that works. Uh, so yeah. that's why the price is what it is. And then I'll take other classes and very often more in like marketing and business. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm doing so much extra. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're, they are charging twice as much and giving a quarter <laughs> yeah, of I mean, the information I've... I am. You know, and not it's not even shade to them. It's just like yeah. my kind of need to overfill things, you know. So finally, just I'm curious why you don't think you want to write a book about this stuff. Um, I mean, I just don't at the moment. Yeah. Like in the future. I mean, right now. Who knows? Sorry. Right now. <laughs> You're going to stay here until I'm done. Um, So, uh, yeah, just not right now. Because right now at the moment, I don't really know specifically what I have to say Mm -hmm. in a book that needs saying. Now, and then I think that could totally change because, like, does anybody need another freelance writing class? Nope. But Mm -hmm. I feel like I know how how I am offering something specific. Mm In a book form, I just don't know. I don't know what that is. And also right now, if I were to write a nonfiction book, I could certainly self-publish it and sell it to my audience and all that. And that would be fine. It's unlikely I would get like an actual publisher, though, who Mm -hmm. would care. And it's and it just feels like I have enough other things I could do to raise my Mm -hmm. profile at the moment that I'd rather do those. And then later, if there was something interesting to me angle about it that was interesting to me to write about than I totally would. I almost wonder if one of the things is when you write the book, you're sort of capturing the knowledge. You're sort of freezing it at that moment. And I don't know how much your, uh, how much the industry has changed from when you started the class to now, but I feel like a lot of industries are changing pretty rapidly. Yeah, if it would be because I wouldn't I don't have a desire to write a book of like how to become a freelance writer Mm -hmm. or even a book on like how to make your pitches better. That's Mm -hmm. where I feel like other people have written those books and those books are just fine. I I, That's not interesting to me. So if I find some other angle to writing that I'm like, oh, this is what I can add that's different. Well, it's like when you see a book that's how to get into the voiceover industry or how to be an act, a a commercial actor. Yeah. And you read them and you're like, well, this this uh, casting agency doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Or, you know, you're telling people to do this thing and like that's just not how it's done. Or you if it was like how to write 
for television and they're like, yeah. you need to write a um a spec script. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, we don't do that anymore. You know, you have to have a multicam. Don't yeah. bother with single cam. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Oh, is that me? That was weird. That might have been somebody like knocking out loud. Huh. Um. And so, have you ever thought about uh being a person that just goes and like speaks at a place? Yeah, that's something I'm thinking about. I'd still have to figure it out, <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, something yeah. I would like to do more in the you know nearish future for sure. I've just haven't gone to a lot of conferences and things like that, so that's where I feel like I don't know as much where to start but i could you know that's just an excuse i could figure yeah. it out you know but actually by uh, that's it because yeah. I, I have um i'm a little slow with editing or i like i'm not that i'm slow but i have other ones this won't come out for a little while yeah. so uh i think maybe after this comes out you will have gone to a conference right oh yeah i'm just going as a visitor oh you gotcha know. But not, I'm not speaking there. But yeah. you can like sort of check out the vibe. And yeah, see, that's you know. part of where I'm going to just be like, do do I hate this? <laughs> <laughs> what are people talking about? Because I also do this. It's the thing I tell my students to do that I try to listen to myself, but don't always. Where I feel like, okay, I better like encapsulate everything mm-hmm. in this 10 minute talk they've hired me to do. And it's like, no, just what's one small thing you can talk about you know yeah so sometimes so getting to see what how people break down their ideas is very helpful yeah that sounds great uh well amber this has been a delight thank you so much chris what a joy so tell me once more time where to go to look at your course materials yeah amberpetty.com uh or if you go to amberpetty.com slash 250 you can get that free guide to paying writing places go do that I don't know why I ended, why I ended it like that. That's the weirdest way to end it. When I think about starting a business of my own, I think that of so many of the details that I think I would be overwhelmed by. And I think it's so cool the way Amber has taken that challenge head on and really found a way to provide something for people that people clearly want, that is high quality, that seems to be extremely effective, and that she is both interested in that uh, is something that can pay the bills and that she doesn't feel is, you know, compromised or um, sort of, uh, what do you call it? Like it's, you know, it's not scammy. You know, I've, I've, I take it from someone who's taken a lot of classes and signed up for a lot of internet experiences. The, uh, experience of being in Amber's class is very much not scammy. <laughs> you know what? You could put that right on the, uh, poster for the class, not a scam. Um, So anyway, that was my conversation with Amber Petty. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Meanwhile, in my personal life, wait, let's hear it. The Ramble. Let's go. Um, My full-time employment continues apace. 
meanwhile, I do uh, have a job that I have procured as an actor. I will be <laughs> – could I come up with a more stilted way to say what I'm trying to say? Uh, I booked a job. Um, I don't think I can say yet what it is, but I'm doing four episodes of a TV show. I can't remember what else I said about it. Um, it's uh, – it's uh, I'm doing table read tomorrow. I have table read Tuesday as well. Uh, by, by the way, when I say four, I'm doing four episodes, I mean like three of the episodes I have – fewer than two lines of dialogue and then one episode i have like about a page i do have a little a little monologue hey that's fun uh so that is you know it's one of those things where um i tend not to talk about these things until it's literally like you can now go stream it right now uh but that's a clue it'll be on a streaming service uh i you know wish me luck i hope i could to do the job and you know it's it's the kind of thing like i'm doing the table read tomorrow and it's it's a situation where you think, you know, they might just fire you after the table read. I mean, that happens all the time. So, you know, if they don't fire you after the table read, they can cut your part out. They can, like, I guess these are the reasons why I tend not to talk about these things a whole lot. Um, as opposed to some actors I know that just as soon as, I mean, we used to, uh, <laughs> speaking of Amber, um, not that Amber was doing this, but this came up during the 50 shades musical that uh, Amber and I did off Broadway. Um, me and another actor, Tim Murray, our good friend Tim Murray, we used to follow a sort of frenemy of his who had a webpage who would post all of his auditions. He'd, you know, say, uh, just went on a great audition for only murders in the building. And then if he got a callback, he would say, callback, you know, callback achieved. And then if he was down to the last five for getting the part but didn't get it, he would post so close and I, you know, topical to today's podcast. I, that stuff makes me cringe completely. I can't imagine doing something like that. However, people who are, who believe in themselves and who who don't have that gene of like, this is embarrassing. I'm not going to do that. There's probably, I'd love to see an analysis of how successful those people are. Cause my feeling is they're very successful. That's just a guess. Anyway, I'm doing the show. Um, I'm also doing my software engineering job that I started. I'm doing that as I can. And that I'm kind of swimming in right now, just for some specifics. The environment I'm working on is all JavaScript. It's React. It is uh, a web server called Fastify. It's a lot of AWS. Uh, I'm trained in zero of these things. So I'm actually in the middle of the next uh, phase of launch school, which is JavaScript. So that's what I'm doing right now in a very, very much a let's try to catch up mode. And it's been interesting because I'm transitioning from Ruby to JavaScript and it's like 85% of the concepts are the same. And then the 15% of the concepts that are not the same are annoyingly close to where I'm at the stage right now where I actually kind of conceptually almost understand pretty much most of the things. Like I actually watched a video that the title was, do you know enough JavaScript to work on React? If, in case you don't know what this is, React is just a another, if you don't know what this is, I don't know how to explain it. It's just a different way to make web pages that became popular. Facebook invented it. It's called React. It's what everybody, like many, many people use it these days to create uh, interactive websites. You know, when you click on a button and it 
you know, change, you, you type something in and it changes the text. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that voice. So I watched a video that was, the title was, do you know enough JavaScript to learn React? And I knew six of the seven concepts already really from Ruby. And so that's good. I feel good about that. I feel that the promise of the launch school curriculum, which is we're going to learn one language deeply, which is Ruby. And then you're going to be able to add another language to that easier because you've learned the first one to a certain depth. And their basic proof of or their basic concept is in software engineering, generally, you have to acquire new paradigms and skills uh, pretty rapidly to work on things. And so the, that's the idea is that we've learned Ruby to a certain depth of mastery. And then now we're going to add JavaScript to that, which should be faster because we've got some ingrained concepts about programming in general. Now the the part that's tripping me up right now, which I'm really trying to work through is there's a certain muscle memory you get literally just like you being able to type the way a language's syntax is uh, just gets into your fingers. So like I can type Ruby code pretty fast now because I, I have an idea of the concepts I want to use and that I know pretty intuitively how it's structured. Just for a very tangible example in Ruby, your lines of code don't have to end with anything. They can just, you can just hit return and go to the next line. In JavaScript, for the most part, your lines need to end with a semicolon. Now, of course, they don't have to because blah, blah, blah. Like there's, it's not, it's generally a good uh, established style guide uh, that your lines should end with a semicolon. Well, that's not natural to the way I'm typing because I'm coming from six months of doing Ruby. So that, the way that little syntax things are structured anyway, this is all the stuff that's tripping me up. Um, but as I have said before, I love learning. I'm enjoying it. I'm getting paid to learn. It's really all I could ask for. It's remote. Um, one of the only downsides is it's in the, the, the main company is in the central time zone, which means tomorrow... I have to be at a Zoom meeting at 7.30 a.m. Pacific. <laughs> Not my favorite. Okay. Uh, besides that, I had a fun set uh, doing stand-up. Uh, I will be in Texas March 21st through 26th for the Riot Comedy Festival. And uh, that stuff's going good. Oh, I left out the biggest thing, which is last Thursday I did my first public uh, work-in-progress reading of my script for my Edinburgh show. And it went very well, like, it, what I mean when I say very well is I got a lot out of it. Uh, I'm really grateful to my friends who came to see it and give me feedback. Uh, that was Charlie and Jill, my husband, Eric, Nate and Ashley, Robin Meredith, Kayla, Matt Davis. Um, watched it. They gave me some really good. I've got some very, very good ideas based on the stuff that they said back to me. So it, overall, like I got a lot out of it. The physical experience of reading your first draft material even knowing people know that in a performative context is somewhat painful because it's not to the level that you know you want it to be. You recognize that that's what people are there for. They know that they're not judging you for that, but they still are judging because that's kind of what you want from them. You want them to sort of judge what you've put forward and get some feedback from them. So that I don't know if I've done that in a while, I certainly haven't worked through a theatrical process like this, maybe ever in such a public way. And I know that this is better for me. It's better for the show, but it is somewhat uncomfortable. It's like not the best feeling 
to just be reading stuff and just thinking like, oh boy, this this section is tedious, or I know this part doesn't make sense. I, I like I I had parts in my script that literally were just like the response to some of them was just like I I don't get that I don't get what you were doing. <laughs> But anyway, I'm grateful out of them. Uh, I'll be doing another one in April. If you're in Los Angeles, please come by, send me a message. Oh, by the way, uh, I'll say to the outro, but send me an email at podcast at chrisgrace.com or come join the community at club.chrisgrace.com. Anyway, I think that'll be it for this week. Um, back next week with another good interview. I hope you have a good week. I hope you have a good, uh, you know, with these Monday releases, now you got the whole week to look forward to. What do you think about that? Uh, I hope you have a great one and uh, you'll be hearing from me very soon. You've been listening to The Chris Grace Show. Today's episode was edited by Eric Michaud and produced by Chris Grace. The opening music was Easy Cooking by Boom Opera. This music is Chinese Hip Hop by Alexander Rufire. You can email us at podcast at chrisgrace.com or join the community at club.chrisgrace.com. This has been The Chris Grace Show. I'm your host, Chris Grace. Thank you for listening.